I'm here with Bob Payne at the Agile Development Practices Conference, and uh, I, I like doing this podcast because I think it's ironic that I'm talking <laughs> to Bob, who's known for his podcast, Agile Toolkit, which is very well known. And so I wanted to talk to Bob about a couple of things. One is your perspective, Bob, mm -hmm. on Agile over the last 10 years, Agile as how it's changing the face of the software community, yeah. software industry. Well, certainly, I started doing Agile consulting in 99, so I've, I've seen so it. So before it was well, Agile. Before it was Agile, yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> I was doing XP coaching uh -huh. at the time. Started, oddly enough, with one of our largest implementations in about 2001. That was a single product, eight teams, about, about a total number of folks around 200. Oh, that's and, pretty substantial. And we were doing XP. Yeah. Not even some of the organizational things layered on from Scrum at the time. A huge stand-up. Uh -huh. uh, Did you have the whole team doing a stand-up? Well, we had we had the eight individual teams okay. uh, doing a stand-up. But still, and then, that's 25 people per team, roughly. Yeah. And then, then well, uh, so a lot of the extended people were not necessarily on, on the team. Okay. So the eight, that 200 was including all of the product side and business side people that wouldn't, okay. would not have been necessarily to stand up. But yeah, we had uh, had, a, had uh, those teams stand up and then they would do a scrum of scrums before I realized that there it was a such name. a thing. It had, had a name. <laughs> uh, and then the, the leads from those teams would do a, a scrum of scrums uh, okay. stand up every day. And then we had a fairly large portfolio planning, single day kickoff uh -huh. for all, all of the teams and, and sort of integrated planning. So, I mean, early on, I was doing fairly large enterprise implementations. So it was always it was always a challenge for me to try to figure out what the heck we were doing and how we were going to do it, uh -huh. because there wasn't a lot of at the time there wasn't a lot of information how you do this in a large organization. So, right. uh, so we were kind of feeling our way around. And you know, I think over the years we've seen several things happen. A, there are a lot of examples of large organizational change. So some of the sort of recipes are there. Um, we also sort of understand the need for situationally specific implementations quite often. And we've seen the, a, a lot of the roles that were in the traditional world, which were initially kind of excluded at least from XP, have worked their way back in quite successfully. So, you know, UX, UE, uh, the testers, DevOps folks, um, you know, run run folks, documentation people. You know, we've seen those get reintegrated mm -hmm. as I think Agile has matured. So, so, so just you, you mentioned DevOps. So, for those to whom that particular new buzz term is not familiar, how would you define DevOps? Well, and I've heard it defined several different ways. So I think of it as as sort of the the last maybe the last twenty yards of getting your application out into production. So it's the run, deploy, and infrastructure piece. So why DevOps? Because obviously there's some implication of a connection between development and operations there. Right. So in in my mind, um, one of the one of the things that I've seen at 
organizations. I, I may actually be using it. Here's a question. What is your thought about what DevOps? Uh, my thought about DevOps is that it's the closer integration between those two organizations or operations yeah, absolutely. such that we don't hit that uh, boundary yeah. when development is done and operations takes over, yeah. but rather say operations is involved with development and, and yeah, so it has, a pre has a presence and a representation and has input into stuff so yeah. that when, when it goes into the uh, BA or business as usual, right. there's no surprises. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And <clears throat> the, the, the one thing that I like to see added to that equation, especially since we've been working with teams um, and we've got a, a lot of automation, you know, and a lot of the organizations that I've worked for, you know, we could start from scratch on the database, do incremental um, DDL, to uh -huh. change the schema and, and migrate the schema mm -hmm. in, a, in an automated way. Uh, we've got automated deploys, automated smoke tests, uh -huh. and then quite often we get to the, okay, it's time to release now when we hand over this manual script to right. the other team. <laughs> and they just simply won't uh -huh. invest the time to take our automation. I think the automation, extending that automation up into the actual production deployment is, is a critical component of right. that integration. So that, that seems to well. tie into what um, Martin Fowler and Jez Humble have been talking about and calling continuous delivery. Right. Right. And the uptake of tools and process to extend it beyond development and say development, I mean I always say that development should be doing release engineering throughout or deployment right. engineering throughout. And I think that's part of it, right? Is yeah. is trying to make sure that they've already done all of this and so when we hand it over it's just like well you can understand it, but all you really need to do is push this push button. This button. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So, so I, I, I've seen new, well, they're not actually all that new, but yeah. ideas like that being pushed uh -huh. uh, in, into organizations, and I think that's critically important. I like the inclusion of the, the many different roles that are required to make a product a product and uh -huh. get it delivered. We're also seeing a lot of movement now in this idea of, okay, so now we've made the team efficient uh, at delivering projects, but what it, our organization is sort of fundamentally disconnected. We're thinking about this as a project, not a portfolio, not a program. We're not thinking about the assets that we're creating and how they benefit the organization long term. So that the, we've sort of started to get the middle right. Now we're starting to say, okay, we can build things well, and so so you can't it, you can't see Bob. He's not saying middle vertically. He's saying middle horizontally. Middle horizontally, the yes. Spectrum as opposed to the hierarchy. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So so we've got the development, the build cycle, reasonably well tuned. Now there seems to be a lot of work in saying, okay, are we building the right thing? So that's how, how back do we to manage the, the portfolio? Yeah. And then how do we get it out into production on a you know in a responsible way? And this is not just about software or tools or even specific practices so much as approach and right. strategy. Absolutely. One of the one of the key things that is still a hangover from the waterfall day is we the team will take on this project, mm -hmm. they will have another one in the queue, and they're not comparing the Value features, you know, we may be working on the last of the low products value. or projects as right. opposed to stories. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I hope to see organizations look at their portfolio and start to say, okay, this part from this product we want released, 
this part from this product mm -hmm. and think about it as a slow build across their portfolio of products. So would you say that this, the, so you've said this as a hope, mm -hmm. um, so you see this as a desirable evolution. Yes. Do you think that the possibility of this evolution comes out of Agile or that it would have happened anyway? Well, I, I believe it. there's a couple of things. I, I think a lot of these ideas are getting more traction now because of Lean, uh -huh. uh, where you have, you know, Lean Manufacturing does look at the full concept of cash, yeah. right? And, and in software development, we seem to have this idea that we'll come up with a good idea and then we'll put it in this queue and it'll just kind of sit there. Uh -huh. And certainly there are some organizations that are, that are, that get this and do incremental builds. And I suspect on your ThoughtWorks studio, uh -huh. uh, they're, they're looking across and, and adding the most important features. It's a good guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, but at our clients, there still seems to be this project-based mentality around yearly funding. Yes. And, Have you seen and, them changing the governance and funding model to support more lightweight, adaptive, agile stuff? At my particular clients, we've got conversations going around that. Do they recognize that it's a challenge to have a agile software development, lean, whatever process, right. but a traditional funding model? Have they have they recognized that? Uh, in pocket. So quite often, you know, one of one of my clients is like an organization with thirty thousand people. Yeah. So there are certain areas that get budgeted to do the most important things. Uh -huh. and, and, you know, these are smaller teams, asset-based teams, and they can do the most important thing for, for them. Um, but I don't see it permeating the entire organization. Okay. And so it sounds like you see one of the key desirable, if not necessary, evolutions as what I'm going to loosely call program life cycle management. We have product lifecycle management or application right. lifecycle management. ALM, as we know, is, a, is the buzz term right yeah. now. But, but I hear you talking about program level lifecycle management where we're considering all of the pieces and where they fit. Yes. And while certainly people are doing program management, yeah. it seems that, that you see that there's still a need there. Yeah. We, we, need, we need to treat the suite of our corporate applications the way Apple treats yeah. its products. Uh -huh. I mean, you've got a release of, you know, iTunes and iOS on all of the, right. the uh, on all of the devices that allows you to buy from iTunes, and, you know, now we're going to have cloud storage, so it goes to all your devices. I mean, they are thinking in a fundamentally integrated product suite that's going to maximize their benefit. Now, yeah. if they weren't an outlier, I wouldn't be sort of talking about them in that yeah. way. But certainly, there are other organizations that do that they don't usually need coaching. So right. the organizations that are already good at this don't call me yeah. uh, because yeah. they already get it. Yeah. Okay. Um, if you don't mind, I want to change direction a little bit sure. now. Uh, because, I, you know, I first became aware of you, not just about Agile Toolkit, but about the work you were doing with Mano a Mano, mm -hmm. uh, open source software, and, yep. and most particularly, uh, software targeted at what I would call um, socially responsible or social uh, give back yeah. kinds of things. And I know you're very involved with that. 
So I kind of like to hear where you see that, how that's changed in the last, again, the last 10, 15 years. Because I see more of it, but right. you're, you're much more immersed in it than I am. Yeah. Well, I wish that were true. Uh, so uh, part of the goal for Agile Philanthropy was to, to have an open source component and energize you know, developers and user groups to build software for not-for-profits for many reasons. You know, I may not be the best, best marketer in the world. <laughs> it was an idea that resonated with me, uh, but I, I never got the traction of those user groups reaching out. And I think partly because a lot of the development user groups want to do sexy stuff. Uh -huh. So new, cutting-edge right. things, and the systems that we would be building would be, okay, we need to integrate Salesforce.com with yeah. this content management system. Not yeah. sexy. So in the open source space, I'm using a lot of, I use and recommend a lot of open source things out at, at clients. So, you know, we have really great options for testing tools, build tools. Um, so you're using open source, although I maybe am. not producing open source yes. as much. I'm then let's ignore the open source for the moment mm -hmm. and talk about these programs that, are, that, that you're involved in that are developing software for not-for-profits and particular needs. You've got signs up here for Haiti Partners yes. and you're doing the silent auction, but I, I'm guessing there may be more to that. Right, so so the, there are three main things that we're, we're trying to accomplish with Agile Philanthropy. Uh, one is obviously events like this where I'm raising some money for a particular not-for-profit, increase their visibility, and raise some money. So that that's probably the most successful piece insofar as I, I do that pretty regularly conferences. Uh -huh. So um, you're, you're leveraging yeah. the community of which you're a part, which is yeah. software development Agile. Yes to do other stuff, right? Are you finding good response in the community? Yes, but it's taking a lot longer than I would have liked to get those. Which may relate back to, are you a good marketer <laughs> exactly. or not? Exactly. Okay. So it is taking longer to get those, those areas schooled up than I, than I would like. Uh, we do have a local Agile philanthropy group forming out in uh, the Bay Area. Uh -huh. And there was a woman from uh, South Carolina that dropped by who was excited and might will hopefully email me and, and we'll get a right. conversation. So this is this that. is more the social side of software yeah. philanthropy. So so what I would like or agile philanthropy. Yeah. yeah, so what I want from those local groups is I would love those agile practitioners to go and engage with a not for profit that they're particularly involved with. Yes. And help that not for profit in one of several ways. By creating a software solution, hooking up with a local user group to produce that, or using agile methods to help that not-for-profit deliver on their mission. So, not-for-profits are very consensus-based organizations. They need help with facilitation, prioritization, yep. and delivery. And, and setting up a card wall can really be helpful. All right. So uh, I have to ask you what is for me an obvious question because I work for ThoughtWorks. Uh huh. And I don't know if you're aware that, that ThoughtWorks has a uh, a social impact program. Yes, I know. And I wondered if you'd ever talked to our folks about 
working on, on some of these projects. I, I have talked with them, and one of the things that we ended up realizing it was going to be difficult to, to mesh them, because you're working on a fairly large system, uh-huh. and I've not been able to put the development butts in seats that might be able to pull stories off for that. So we, we have had those conversations, uh-huh. but I think mostly I'm targeting uh, individuals working with not-for-profits and, and doing some, some consulting there. Uh, well, I'll hope that we can see that come together, because I think it's an area, and of course, ThoughtWorks has three pillars, and the third one is, is social justice and social impact. Yes. And so, you know, it would seem a natural connection. It so while, I, while I'm not necessarily trying to tout ThoughtWorks at the moment, nonetheless, it's, you know, yeah. that's where I live and yeah, you live yeah. where you live, and it would be nice to see them come together. It would. So are you seeing more uptake on this kind of thing in the, in the software community? Are you not necessarily doing the open source software, but just social awareness and yeah. giving back and yeah, so Yeah, I just ran into, I uh, just talked with a gentleman whose organization is, uh, is B Corp. Uh-huh. And we're seeing a lot more of those sort of socially responsible. Where that, some portion of their revenue or profits is going to yeah. something. Yep. Back to the community. Back to the community. Uh, I certainly see a lot of activity in the volunteerism space. And I think software companies have started to do that as well. Whereas before we were, we were run and gun and, and, you know, the project... Uh, yeah. You know, there seems to be a little bit of slack in some organizations that have taken advantage of that. Good. Well, given that the crowd is starting to come back in, I think it's probably time for us to, to call this quits. Well, thanks a lot, Doc. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Bob. <laughs> no that was problem. Great.